So it's almost a, a roundabout way you can talk yeah. about the virtue of prudence. That it's that quality <laughs> by which we evaluate the what if. You know, like mm. you, you could, like, what if I had made a different decision? Well, if it was prudent, I, I don't regret what I did because right. I, I made the best choice I could with the information I had. Three, two, one. Welcome back to another Nerding Out with That Nerdy Catholic. I am Seth Payne, That Nerdy Catholic, and we have on again my coworker and good friend John Mark Grodai. Yeah. Hey. Thanks, for, thanks for coming back. Yeah. Uh, I want to first say uh, that last week uh, I was on an episode with John Mark of his show, uh, Deep in Christ, on uh, the, the Coming Home Network channel, mm -hmm. and we had a really good conversation about about money mm -hmm. and, and virtues, and so I'll, I'll put the link to that down in the description below, maybe even up in the card up one of the yeah, corners here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah somewhere. <laughs> uh, so you can go check that out. Uh, but today uh, we are going to be getting nerdy and philosophical about Marvel. Mm, delicious. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think the only movie I have not seen so far is the, the new Black Widow. Well, and, oh yeah, and because who new, wants to pay thirty dollars on top of their Disney Plus subscription to watch? It. I know, and I'm not, I'm not quite ready to go to a to the theater yet, uh, <laughs> but I've been watching the new What If series. I've actually, yeah, I've enjoyed all the series that they've had. So far, Disney they, yeah, Plus, the the Loki was really good. Mm -hmm. WandaVision was really interesting, mm -hmm. um, and the, this new What If series is uh, is really interesting. And there's um, well, to start off, I I love the Marvel universe because I remember growing up watching you know all the superhero movies you know Batman, Superman. You know, I watched the Green Lantern when it came out, and I, I don't I never thought it was as terrible as everyone seemed <laughs> to think it was. But I I always wished that they would come together. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to see a movie with Batman and Superman in it together. Yeah, you know, and. Uh, you know, because growing up reading comic books, I they never they never stay in their own in their own worlds. Right. They're always crossing over. Mm -hmm. And so I've always wanted to have in the movies mm -hmm. this you know, this cinematic universe that they've done with Marvel. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I had a conversation late with some lately with somebody about the kind of the fourth phase of Marvel. Uh and yeah, so the fourth phase of Marvel and the whole idea of a multiverse, mm -hmm. and then what that means for storytelling. Yeah. And, it, and it gets into a little bit of the, the what-if question, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, one of the concerns, or you know, one of the potential issues of a, of a fourth phase involving multiverse is that if, if anything can happen, and you explore every possibility, it's like, will stories lose their coherence? Will right. they lose their drama? Right. It's kind of like the whole thing where if you're constantly killing off characters, and they always find a way <laughs> to bring them back to life... Do you start to lose the drama? Because that's not right. the way life works. It's not the way right. that real stories work. Um, there isn't infinite malleability in anyone's character. You know, yes. the characters really do certain things. Mm -hmm. And so even in a what-if scenario, right, like you're, the question is not not an infinite what-if, but like mm -hmm. what would this character do in a different situation, right? You're still expecting them to, to act according to their character. And so this whole 
can of worms that Marvel's opening up yeah. storytelling-wise yeah. in terms of the multiverse, the what-if stuff. It's inter- It'll be interesting to see, can it hold together? Can you mm-hmm. still tell compelling stories? Yes. You know, all that. Yeah. Although I, I will say to... I'm going to be delving deep for uh, about 30 seconds to a minute in my own utter nerdiness. But back in college, I was doing a role-playing game yeah. with some friends of mine, and it was based on Marvel. Yeah. And every every campaign, you would you would uh, make up your own superhero. Yeah. And so I had one campaign that we had. I had this one superhero, and one of his superpowers was that if he died, uh, there was this omnipotent crocodile. They would ma- bring him back to life, and th- this this power. So you anticipated Loki, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're scanning my brain. That's right. Um, but but part of that was the the, the guy that was the the game master. Mm. He had a lot of fun mm. killing me off, finding all the fun ways to kill me off because he knew I'd come back anyway. Yeah. That's probably more than you need to mo- know about how much dude, of a, of a good down, serious nerd I am. Deep down and dirty. Nerdy. I meant to say nerdy. Nerdy. <laughs> dirty and nerdy. Uh, okay, let's not go there. Um, but, th- yeah, so th- this what if, yeah. the whole idea of a multiverse and the fact that anything can happen and will happen, I, I think is so interesting. At, at some point, I want to, I would love to have a conversation with uh, a physicist mm. to talk about, you know, the, the implications on you know on a quantum level mm-hmm. you know and if you look at if, if you follow you know what's going on in marvel they actually that's how they explain the multiverse is mm-hmm. I, I just heard it said yesterday that the quantum realm is the quantum there's only one quantum realm across the whole multiverse mm-hmm. and so that's how you travel around the multiverses through the quantum realm mm-hmm. um so I would love to have a conversation with a physicist. If if you are a physicist out there and you know anything about this, you know, I'd love to, to connect with you. Um, I think it's fascinating that there is actually some science behind what what they're doing. You know, it, it's all theoretical at the moment, but that there is actually some science behind it. Right, because yeah, getting down to that level, when we run into the the um, seeming almost incomprehensibility of quantum mechanics, quantum, mm-hmm. quantum science. Yeah, that's what they're, they're sort of look. They're sort of getting up into the edges, the current edges, you know, of our scientific understanding. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they look to more wild, they're not really scientific possibilities, right? Because you're, you're really making big leaps yeah. to try to, to, you know, to, to, to dream up, well, what could be the explanation that we would bridge the gap to if our science mm-hmm. went a little deeper? You know, is yeah. it a string theory? Is it, you know, um, multiverse and all that? Yeah. Um, First, I want to talk to uh, the, the fact that it is really interesting. Like mm-hmm. you say, there, there are so many theories of, out there. And whether you're looking at, you know, what if, you know, so the first episode of what if, I want to you know, put a big spoiler warning on the bottom. You know, we're going to talk about the first episode of, of what if. Um, Can you spoil a multiversal story, <laughs> right? Because it's like, <laughs> whatever we say, right, it, it did happen in some universe. <laughs> Right? Can well, you can you actually do spoilers? You know, they, they don't know. Oh, that's true. That so. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the moment mm-hmm. when uh, Captain Steve Carter, mm-hmm. no Rogers, Rogers, there you go. When Captain Steve Rogers was just about to get at the pod to become Captain America, mm-hmm. one little timing change happened, mm-hmm. and and in the end, Captain Carter 
ends up going into the pod, and she becomes Captain Britain. What was the the cause of the, of the timing change? It was uh, it was the the German spy that was in the lab. So it was someone's free will. Yes. Someone made a different he, choice. He, yeah, he made a choice to pull out his gun. I think it was like thirty seconds earlier than he would have. That's an interesting point. We should come back to. Yeah. You know, what's what's the cause of the split? Is right. It, is it choice? Is it free will? Right. Like, go ahead. So he pulls out his gun like 30 seconds earlier than he would have. In the movie, he pulls it out after it happens, right. and then he shoots the equipment, um, and then they keep going. Mm. But in this scenario, he pulls it out a little bit earlier, uh, and he shoots, I think he shoots the scientist, mm-hmm. and then um, and then Car- um, Rogers can't get into the pod. Right. And so Carter jumps in instead because they have to move forward with it. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, so this... One slight difference, mm-hmm. you know, and and then thinking about the the infinite number of possibilities. What if it had been twenty eight seconds early or twenty five seconds early? Um, so, in a in a situation like this, it's really interesting to think about the possibilities. What if something happened a little bit differently? Mm-hmm. So, and, and then and then thinking about in in science, what if what if this is all true? What if on the quantum realm what if just slight changes in a position of an electron? You know, th- there's so many movies that have that have taken this, you know, and run with it. You know, the I was going to say that the, it's called the butterfly effect, but there is a movie called the butterfly effect. Right. You know, yeah. What what always comes to my mind when talking about, um, yeah, what if st- type stuff and the multiverse type stuff is that. So when you think of all the infinite possibilities, well, all the things that could have happened, all the things mm-hmm. that could have gone differently, all the things that could have done, gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that comes to mind is so the absolute improbability, the, the, the utter ridiculousness that anything has gone right, mm-hmm. right? So like for us to be where we are when things have, you know, at, at every moment of history, things could have been different. Mm-hmm. Um, and... I, I almost feel like, you know, in, in some sense an appeal to a multiverse it's kind of like the, the whole the whole um if you have monkeys typing on you know a bazillion typewriter and eventually mm-hmm. they're going to type out shakespeare yeah well why why was that thought that goofy thought experiment why did that come into our zeitgeist into the mm-hmm. pop culture well part of it was uh, the the difficulty of someone especially a non-christian a secular person trying to wrestle with kind of the ridiculousness of why is there anything at all right if it's undirected and there's infinite possibility. How did we get from nothing or from chaos to mm-hmm. anything at all? Like, how did we get any order from disorder? How did we get any right. progress from just, you know, atoms bouncing together? And it's almost, you know, the, the again the appeal to the the monkeys and typewriters is almost a way to say, well, okay, yeah, if there's if there's if it's absolutely infinite. Then somewhere in that infinity, there's going to be one timeline mm-hmm. where everything works out nice, and right. we just so happen to be in that one, right? Which is great, except we don't actually have any evidence of that. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a, a a scientific theory of the gaps, if you will. Yeah. When in reality, we're still left with the the kind of mysterious, overwhelming improbability that things work. I mean, cameras run. Right. We've got electricity. Like we're healthy. Like there's a lot of calamity in the world. Right. There's a lot of evil. There's a lot of stuff, but why? Why do things make sense? Why is there any sense? Right. Why is there any order? Right when well, it could and, have been otherwise. And even thinking about you know, there have been some terrible things that have happened in human history, you know, terrible, yes. terrible tragedies. But 
we could also imagine much more, much worse things happening. Right. So why didn't you know why didn't oh, I guess you know one question why hasn't World War Three started yet? Yeah. What the tra the tragedies? Why are they the exception rather than the rule? Yeah. Why wouldn't they be the rule? Yeah. Why why wouldn't you know just death and murder and destruction and chaos and order and disorder why wouldn't that be the rule that's mm -hmm. the way of the universe right things right. things go from order to disorder so why is yeah. there any order at all yeah or even thing you know, i i remember learning about this uh, a few months ago on on some youtube video i watched mm -hmm. that that there was uh, an incident there was a plane that was transporting two nuclear bombs and they were accidentally dropped out of the plane in virginia and it was one of them was a miracle that it wasn't armed. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm sure there are, are hundreds of these, you know, near misses, mm -hmm. especially in this, this age where we have such destructive power, so many such destructive weapons, so many close calls. Right. That why are we still here at all? Yeah. You know, another th thing that an aspect of this that's just sort of in the zeitgeist, in the, in the pop mm -hmm. culture is... They kind of very flippantly see, you know, the the very small little bit of progress we've made on understanding, uh, like evolution, evolutionary biology. Um, in in again, what we recognize there is there's sort of a miraculous order to things, yeah, which is inexplicable. And so our mind again infinitely or instantly jumps to, well, okay, if you have infinite timelines, mm -hmm. infinite amount of time, infinite chances, then one of those timelines you'll end up with this. Yeah. But the reality is, again, we don't have any evidence of that. All we have is the evidence of, well, we're here now. Yeah. And you have a whole world of, of, of life that is impossibly, miraculously ordered. And, and you actually, if, uh, on the contrary, uh, far from if, if you know, evolution is a, is a true theory, really describes the way that life developed on Earth, um, far from ruling out God, it, on, it only makes the difficulty greater right. for an unbeliever because... It's if it happened. It's kind of like um, the the just so stories. You know, Rudyard Kipling's the just so stories. If you've ever read those, it's like, well, you know, there was a cat walking along, and then this log fell, and it tripped this, and it catapulted that, and that's how the cat ended up having spots. Mm -hmm. There are these kind of ridiculous, yeah. like, what if type yeah. stories. Yeah. Well, again, if evolution really has proceeded, well, how, to get something like a woodpecker, for instance, mm -hmm. where not only do you have a long beak and a long tongue. And a neck and back and muscular structure that can support banging its head against a tree. Yeah, and the skull that can shock, well, the, yeah. the shock, yeah. You have all these coherent uh, mechanisms that all somehow had to evolve together. Mm -hmm. Now, you can imagine a, a what-if story, a just-so story of, well, this happened and this happened and this impossible coincidence happened and this impossible coincidence happened. Mm -hmm. And this just series of impossible coincidence happened over and over and over and you ended yeah. up with the woodpecker. Yeah, You can imagine that, yeah. but that doesn't help that doesn't help theoretically the difficulty right. of how did you get so many like right. utterly impossible right. happy coincidences happening right. over and over right. and over to get here. Well, and <laughs> and and the the dichotomy that is set up, which doesn't need to be there, is it is either you have evolution, and you know looking at all the the steps of of human evolution of mm -hmm. evolution of all creatures, on one hand. And then on the other hand, you have a god that just sat there and is like, I want the world, poof, there's the world. Mm -hmm. I want animals, poof, there's mm -hmm. animals. I want humans, poof, there's, a there's humans. It, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of space in between those two points. Right, right. And, um, 
And you know, one of the things that you know a lot of the conversations in this show has come to is, you know, and really one of the main points of the show in general is that you know I want to be able to show that there are Christians that really think about not just their faith but the mm-hmm. world. How does it work? And you know, and there are there are many Christians, many Catholics who work even you know in, in the area of you say evolutionary bi- biology. Mm-hmm. Where they're studying evolution, you know, at the time of Darwin, there were a number of people that were studying evolution, mm-hmm. but were studying it from a theistic point of view. Mm-hmm. You know, Darwin came up with the idea of random mutation uh, and and this this violence in the system because he was trying to explain it without God. Mm-hmm. But there were but there were and still are many people who are studying evolution from a uh, from a Christian perspective. Right. And the thing is. You know, going back to your saying about free will, you know, it's hard to, you can't define free will scientifically. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't define God and his purpose scientifically mm-hmm. uh, you know, as far as the, the modern understanding of science. Mm-hmm. And so we need to, uh, we need to come up with another explanation. You know, going back to, you know, Father George Lamantra, mm-hmm. um, he, at the time, I think, we think we might have, talked about this a little bit in one of our other episodes, mm-hmm. but when, when he was uh, studying the inflation of the universe, mm-hmm. there were a number of other scientists that says, well, we don't, we don't, we don't like this because it, it feels too much like creation. Right. Um, and, he, and he's there saying like, that's not very scientific of you. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm just following the evidence. Yeah, here. I'm just, I'm just, yeah. And, and he didn't even at the, at the interpret at first, it as you will. At first, he, d- he didn't even want to. That's not the reason. Right. And even when uh, I think it was Pope Leo the something mm-hmm. uh, said to him, you know, hey, this is great. We can now prove creation. He's like, no, because mm-hmm. we don't know what's going to be discovered next. Mm-hmm. But you know, the fact that there were people that were wary of it because they didn't like the idea that it made it. It felt like creation, and mm-hmm. so. You know, reading it, I remember reading the book on it. On at that point, it's like, well, it's, were they worried that if this was proven, that all of a sudden everyone would have to become a believer? Mm. Well, we we see what happened. That didn't happen, mm. and now we have theories like the multiverse and mm. string theory. Mm. Not that they couldn't be, end up being true, but even but um, but people will go to any extent to come up with new ideas just to prove that. God doesn't exist, right? Again, again, we're talking about two layers of, of phenomena that that are really distinct. You know, you can physically, again, yeah, yeah, scientists could and should try to physically describe what is physically happening happening in the universe. You know, if you see uh, a formation of sticks on a beach and they're in an interesting, seemingly ordered formation, yeah, you want to study the you know the sticks and what they're made out of and the ocean and the tides. You want to understand all that's physically going on there. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then if the sticks spell out "help me" with an exclamation point, <laughs> okay, well then yeah, then you you recognize okay, there's something beyond just the science going on here. Like mm-hmm. someone is sending a message, whatever. So yeah, so too with the universe, like it, it is the realm is you know the the purview of science to describe what is physically going on, how it mm-hmm. works, what are its laws. How does that all work? It's a separate question back behind the universe of where did the universe come from mm-hmm. in a metaphysical sense? Mm-hmm. You know, why is there something rather than nothing? Why is there yeah. order rather than disorder? What does the universe mean? Yeah. You know, what is the what is the meaningfulness? Like we can again, we can describe, we could in theory, if we were 
nearly scientifically omnipotent, which we're not, we could go back and see maybe all the evolutionary steps of how you got from a simple celled organism to, you know, a, a woodpecker or any of the mm -hmm. other crazy, ridiculous creatures that are roaming the earth. But even, even so, even if you were able to describe each step, what you couldn't scientifically um, describe, it would be a different question altogether, is why you had a thousand impossibly mm -hmm. lucky steps that got you from there to there. That's a, just a different kind of question yeah. that probably doesn't have a scientific explanation. Uh, and you may not believe um, a theist's interpretation of it, mm -hmm. but the point is, is that interpretation is now not a scientific, but a, a philosophical, religious one. Yeah. And if you're going to the science determined to not see God, well, that is just as religious of an interpretation right. as the theist who's going there determined to see God. Everyone has a philosophy. Mm -hmm. And you just need to realize what your philosophy is. Right. And own it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so and so then and taking this from the from the kind of the theoretical and looking at the big picture, one of the other things that's really interesting about um, about this this idea of pondering what if. Mm. Uh, I think one of the hard things about it is when especially if you have a worldview that you don't think that God exists mm. and you think well well maybe there is this this multiverse well I think that's interesting to think about scientifically but what does that mean for me mm. you know I, one of the things that I I have wrestled with is with that with this idea of the possibility of a multiverse is what is what is the self in the multiverse you know if I if I think, that there are infinite different versions of myself out there. And mm -hmm. uh, one of them is the most amazing saint in the world. And one of them is uh, <laughs> Seth Hitler. And I'm somewhere in the You're middle. somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> I, I hope I'm somewhere in the middle. Fair to middle. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what does that mean? What, how do I view myself in that situation? I do not know. <laughs> yeah, it's a really bizarre thing to even try to think about Yeah, in that um, what yeah? What is the meaning of the self in that sense? Is there any connection between the you know, Loki gave us an interesting example of that all the variants coming together mm -hmm. in one person and there's there's a sort of a kinship among them, but they weren't they were distinct. They were mm -hmm. distinct individuals, which again is just a bizarre thing to think about. Yeah, um, and and even to think that that most of them kind of followed the same track of just being selfish and thinking about themselves and always trying to be in control and being mm -hmm. power. But, you know, sorry to spoil Loki if you haven't seen it. Um, I, mean, I, I got to find a good spoiler <laughs> warning. Um, he broke out of that. Mm -hmm. You know, so going back to what you were talking about earlier, yeah. free will, mm -hmm. you know, wh what does free will mean? Mm -hmm. So, so practically, you know, while it's interesting to think about this, this what if and this possibility of a multiverse, when it comes to my my own life, I I, I have to put that aside. I can't, I can't dwell on that. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many ways that you can kind of kind of go down this dark rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I think it's like, well, it doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. Um, but uh, John, Mark, and I are are in a men's group together, and we've over the past year and a half we've studied. Uh, the cardinal virtues, mm. and uh, and so when we were preparing for this episode, we were talking about this, you know, what if, um, and getting stuck in it, and the the virtue that came to us when we were talking about it is the virtue of prudence. Mm. So talk about how prudence fits in with this. This is dwelling on 
on what if. Sure, 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 sure. Okay, so prudence is the cardinal virtue. And when we talk about the cardinal virtues, the human virtues, we're talking about something that's not specifically religious. I mean, the Greeks, I mean, they were religious in a different sense than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but they weren't th- thinking of it in terms of a religious context. <clears throat> they were just thinking, they were looking at human nature. They were trying to observe it objectively. This is this seems to be the way that humans are. This seems to be the faculties they have. This seems to be the, the nature of, of a human being. And given that nature... Mm-hmm. Um, the happiness, the goodness of that human being seems to be when they're when they're living out these faculties in their fullness. When when the faculties of the mind and the will are are operating well, and they described that w- those well operations, those flowering of the human person as the the virtues: uh, prudence, justice, fortitude, and temperance. Mm-hmm. Kind of the, the the big four there. Um, but prudence having a, a primacy of place because prudence, what it means is practical reason in action. There's different ways to describe it. The way I like to put it is that prudence is a turning toward reality. So making mm-hmm. a habit of not being a person who just kind of bounces around, but turns to try to understand things mm-hmm. uh, and makes an intentional decision. So it's, it's this habit of going through life awake and alert and intentional rather yeah. than just reactive, yeah. sort of engaging your, your free will, so to speak, rather than just being a reactor. Yeah, yeah. The, the, way, I, the way I like to think of it is seeing the things that are the way that they are, and then seeing me mm-hmm. the way I am, mm-hmm. and trying to at any moment make the best decision that I can mm-hmm. in that moment. Right. You know? Yeah. And, it, and and I'm always going to know more in the future. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, and so I'm going to make it. I will make it a different decision a week from now. Right. Even if it's the same kind of decision. Yeah. Because I'm I'm going to have a better understanding of myself and the world. Right. It doesn't presuppose that you have all the knowledge or even much knowledge. It's just giving given what you know now, what you know to be true, what you mm-hmm. feel to be true now, it's making the next best decision. And you know, one of the things that prudence attends to, again if we're honest with ourselves, even you know we have our reasons here as Catholics, you know, for <laughs> lots of reasons, experiential as well as theological for believing what we mm-hmm. believe. But even uh, outside of a specifically religious system, most of us, perhaps all of us, have a sense that things are moral or immoral. Like there are things mm-hmm. I ought to do and I'm not, I ought to do the good, I ought to avoid evil. Yeah, That's just sort of like we believe that, even if we don't know why we believe that, even if we're not really sure if it's true, we still live according to that. Uh, and so that's part of what prudence does too. It says, even if I don't know the ground, the ep- epistemological grounding for this belief, mm-hmm. I'm st- I, I, for now, it's still my working belief that I should right. do good and avoid evil. And so, again, there's always that opportunity in every moment to say, well, I, I ought to, like, what's the right, n- the right next step? Right. You know, as best as I can discern it. And of course, what's interesting with the, with the what if question too is that, um, yeah, when you start thinking of the infinite possibility, like it, it would seem to me that that, uh, and we saw a little bit a bit of this in Loki, this question of well, if if there's an infinite possibility, um, and in in the MCU there doesn't seem to be a god, there doesn't seem to be providence either. Mm-hmm. Um, it does sort of seem like my actions are kind of meaningless. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, yeah, I tried, I tried really hard, but then I made mistakes, and in the end, does it really? matter mm-hmm. you know what does it what does it mean to have made a mistake or done something good is, is there any meaningfulness to that now of course mcu it also always sort of undercuts its own thing because even though they're now in a multiverse they're still sort of like 
a verse behind the multiverse, you know, yeah. like a place where things really are real mm-hmm. and they really do matter. There really is a permanence. So that, you know, they, they, they play fast and loose, you know, with what makes yeah. a good story. But for us, what's interesting about prudence is that, um, particularly as Christians, that we do believe uh, in a, an omnipotent, omnibenevolent, omniscient God. Mm-hmm. And one implication of that is um, that there is a there is a pl- there is a meaningfulness, a purposefulness to things. We don't always mm-hmm. understand it certainly, but we we have a, a belief, you know, that things, as it says in Romans eight twenty eight, um, things will work out for good for those who. How for those who love, yeah, the, 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 all, all, things all things will work out work for the together good for those, good for those, those who love, love which, God. Which doesn't yeah. mean you know you, you do good and, and, and your life is great, but it just somehow, and mm-hmm. this is true of any good story, right? Yeah, any any story you read, there's a sense that s- somehow things will work out in the end. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a crappy story. You know, yeah. we have that sense, we have that expectation, even if it's a false expectation, we live with that expectation that well somehow things will work out yeah. for the good and therefore it is meaningful to do good to, to try yeah. to, to be intentional to try to be prudent even if I don't see the meaningfulness now I there is some sort of meaning to this yeah. is that a latent you know belief in the God that we all sort of have is mm-hmm. that just kind of a, a silly belief that we all have yeah. uh, again for the person who, who doesn't believe in God yeah well it even thinking about the the what if episodes, they are looking at different, you know, parts of the multiverse where something went wrong. Wrong. So it's it yeah. yeah. But but it's <laughs> it, it, it it the main stream of the Marvel movies. I I hope will continue to do this, but mm-hmm. they've done so far. There is a there is a purpose. Right. There is a right thing to happen, mm-hmm. and. Even in even in Loki, where it's kind of made fun of that, well, manufactured. Yeah, yeah. they still have a well. We want we want the we want the good guys to struggle. We even want them to fall sometimes, mm-hmm. but in the end, we want them to win. Right. You know, you you don't have a good story if you don't have that. Mm-hmm. And so, even in this, even in this, looking at a multiverse where anything can happen. There still is this idea of, of purpose, mm. of of a purpose behind it all, and and you know, and as someone watching the movies and watching the shows, we still want the good guy to win. Right. Yeah. A, a multiverse where anything can happen, yeah. and that everything does happen. That's one of the implications of the multiverse too, right? That it's it's that everything has yeah. happened. Every possibility has yeah. happened. Which yeah. again, it's just. Yeah. It, I feel like it almost is a way. Theoretically, non-scientifically, to, to deal with the, the again the, the rather bewildering phenomenon of just the fact that we exist and that there yeah. is order and that there yeah. does seem to be purposefulness. We don't know where it comes from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and so then thinking about my own reaction, thinking about you know, as I said, today I'm going to try and make the most prudent decision I can. A week from now, I will try to make the most prudent decision I can. Mm-hmm. A week from now, I could look back at what I did today and be like, oh my goodness. I there was something I didn't know then. Mm-hmm. I could have I could have done something differently. Right. I could have made a, a better decision. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I c- I can dwell on that. Yeah. I can say, well, what if I had done something different? You know, it's actually it's it's an interesting roundabout possible way you could define the virtue of prudence. The virtue of prudence is that virtue 
which if we thought back to a prior decision, it would be the virtue by which we would um, like regret <laughs> or <laughs> affirm a prior decision. Because mm-hmm. if you look, if you think back to a decision you made, even if if you made a decision and things turned out badly, if you looked back and you and you can say honestly, you can remember it, you can remember your state of mind and heart, and you can honestly say, you know what, with the information I had, I tried to make the best decision, mm-hmm. and I and I made the best decision, and things didn't turn out the way I thought they were going to. Yeah. You still wouldn't go back and, and necessarily say, I, I regret that, mm-hmm. because what would you have had yourself do differently? You wouldn't have had yourself act irrationally. Right. If you acted rationally and you acted sincerely trying to do the good, then even if things didn't turn out as you, you, you if it was a prudent decision, mm-hmm. you don't look back and regret it, because how could you have wanted yourself to do otherwise? Whereas if you look back and you think, well, you know what, I, I wasn't thinking clearly, and I wasn't really trying to think clearly because I actually was kind of divided in my heart about whether I wanted to do the right thing or not. Then, yeah, you look back and say, I wish I had just bit the bullet and done what I know, what I known was right. Mm-hmm. So it's almost a, a roundabout way you can talk yeah. about the virtue of prudence. That it's that quality <laughs> by which we evaluate the what if. You know, like mm-hmm. you, you could, like what if I had made a different decision? Well, if it was prudent, I, I don't regret what... I did because right. I, I made the best choice I could with the information I had. Right. Well, and even and even saying then, um, if I knew that I didn't make the best decision, yeah. even if I know right now mm-hmm. that I'm not making the best decision, a week from now, if I look back on it, you know, what what good it would it do to dwell on that and say, you know what, I knew I didn't make the right decision, mm-hmm. and then what would happen if I had made the right decision at that point point. The best thing I can right. do is say, okay, well, I knew at the time I didn't make the best decision. You know, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry I didn't make the best decision. Mm. What do I do now? Yeah. Not just to make that right, but to go forward and make a right decision going forward. Yeah. So with, you know, specifically, you know, as as Catholics, you know, again, if we think about the, the phenomenon of prudence, which I think is, again, something that's available to everyone, even if you're not religious, you can recognize you know, a moral obligation. And so you can, in any moment, attempt to be prudent, right? But then for, for Catholics, and there's interesting implications of, of, again, having a, you know, believing in the God that we believe, mm-hmm. which, you know, a God that is outside time, eternal, uh, all the omnis, all that. And and that is that if if you really did make a prudent decision right now, if you're making the, the prudent decision, that is the best decision you can, the best choice you can with the information you have, willing the good, but knowing also your ignorance and your and your limitedness, mm-hmm. you're stepping into the future um, with with ignorance. Like you don't know where it's all going to go. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain level of trust, not even a certain level of trust. You can you can trust again as, as Romans eight twenty eight says that all things will somehow work together mm-hmm. because even this was seen by God from yeah. all eternity. Yeah. You know, this moment. And the only question I have, you know, sometimes we look ahead at and and we feel like the what if, like, like oh, there's a million possibilities. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there's really only two, right? Because either I'm going to try to be prudent, mm-hmm. I'm going to try, I'm going to be honest about what I know and what I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm going to 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 will the good, even if it's uh, I'm slightly divided. I'm either going to try to be prudent, or in a thousand possible ways, I'm going to fail to do that. Yeah. Either because I'm not, you know, I'm not being reasonable, or I just don't really want to to do good. But the thing is, um, again, either of those possibilities, from God's perspective. He also has seen it from all eternity. So he planned on my prudence or he planned on my imprudence. Mm -hmm. And so, again, even if we look back, if we were prudent, but things didn't turn out the way that we 
expected them to. We still can trust that, well, God can still bring good out of that. Yeah. Or if we look back and say, okay, I was imprudent. I, I can see now because of fear or desire or something, like I didn't, I didn't bite the bullet and just do what I knew I should do. As you say, we look back on that and we, we regret the imprudence, but mm-hmm. we also know that, that that too is in God's plan. Yeah. And then that the right thing now is not, not to dwell on it and be mired in the past, mm-hmm. but to learn from it and press on in prudence. Yeah. My thought then for, for anyone that's, that's listening or watching that, that doesn't believe in God mm. and is worried about, well, one, that they don't believe in God. It's like, well, what, you know, what if there is a God and I don't believe in him? Um, and, you know, things will, you know, maybe that's just, a big <laughs> question. <laughs> maybe I should just, you know, not worry and say, well, he doesn't exist it's and Pascal. just worry about, that's, yeah. That's Pascal's way. Yeah. yeah. So don't worry about it. I mean, seek God mm-hmm. and even seek, ask the question, is there a God? Mm-hmm. Is there a purpose? Are we here for a purpose? Yeah, seek truth. Like why, yeah. why, yeah, it's kind of like we were talking about earlier, like why people get so worried about looking at, at, at the data and that includes scientific data, but also the data of their own experience, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of looking at the world and asking, like, why are people so afraid to ask honestly, what does this, what does this look like to me? Like mm-hmm. if I if I wasn't a, a tied to the baggage of my particular political party or ideological camp or my past, if I was just to set all that aside for a moment and ask myself honestly, what does this look like? Mm-hmm. Well, just seek the truth of that. Yeah, you know, set aside the baggage and just just seek the truth for yourself. Yeah, yeah. and and, and I, I remember when I had this realization in this period of coming back to my faith that this this question, you know, what if God really is there? I, I realized that it, that when I I realized that God was not sitting there saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm watching you. If you, if you make the wrong choice, then then it's all over." Mm. You know, it's so easy to have that that picture of God mm. as someone who's just waiting for us to mess up. Um, but when I realized that that God, you know, it's, it's all throughout Scripture, God is talked about as our Father, and a father is not going to you know, with, with my girls, I don't wait sit around and wait for them to mess up so I can say, ah, I gotcha. You're not right. perfect. Right. No, he, he's our loving father and he's going to do whatever he can. And so if, if you're seeking God to, and you're seeking truth, continue to do that. Mm-hmm. And we don't know in our own lives how that's going to work out. But as we talked about with the prudent decisions, just continue to try to be prudent, try and make the right decision with the information that you have at the moment. Mm-hmm. And continue to seek truth and seek God, and you know, yeah. if if you seek Him, He will find you. Here are two things that Christians believe, and this comes out of Scripture. Um, this is a, a philosophical mystery and paradox that can't be resolved easily. This is truths that come out of any literature, any symbolism throughout the ages, any any great story. We we believe both, on the one hand, in providence, a provident God, you know, omni. Uh, omnipotent, omnibenevolent, omniscient, all that. So providence, which means mm-hmm. God's outside of time. It's not just that he's not waiting, you know, with a, a finger wag. It's that, no, 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 he, he's not in time. Mm-hmm. He's not in the universe. Yeah. He's beyond it in a way that we can't sort of understand. Yeah. And so there's nothing you can do that catches him by surprise. You know, yeah. he's, he's seen all this. And yet at the same time, that does not imply that because because nothing surprises God, because nothing is outside of, of what he has foreknowledge of, and even that term is imprecise, um, that you don't have 
free will. Mm -hmm. Your choices matter and God um, has seen it all, Yeah, you know, from all eternity. And in the mystery of that, again, it, it, it sounds bizarre, but of course that's just the way every real story works. When Frodo uh is carrying the ring you know throughout middle earth to get to mount doom there is a sense of both there is a sense of this was meant to happen you were mm -hmm. meant to find the ring somehow this will work out even though we can't see how mm -hmm. and yet each of your choices really does matter yeah so that's the tension yeah, the tension of yeah your choices do matter like you're not you you have to you know it does come down the drama of your prudence and imprudence is yeah. dramatic it yeah. has weight but it also is in this, in this providential universe that yeah. there is a purpose, there is good, there is a will, there is a yeah, well, and and you know the main the main lesson from the book of Job mm -hmm. is that Job in the end is holding a paradox yeah. that he did not deserve the punishment that he received, that God allowed it to happen, and God is in control and God is mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Those three things logically cannot all exist at, the, exist at the same time. And yet he ended up in this, holding onto this par paradox and God looked at him and said, you know, he, Job is the right one. Mm. So, yeah. Well, I'm going to uh, try and make a, a prudent decision and, and end this. Dang it. Not because we can't, don't have all other great right. things to say, but... I'll go along uh, <laughs> with prudent decision. So that we don't talk on forever because, you know, Especially thinking about what if we could could be here for hours and days talking about all the what ifs. <laughs> end it. End it quickly. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> but uh, we, I'm sure, we'll come back and talk about more and yes. different what ifs. But mm -hmm. John Mark, Brother. thank you. Yep. And uh, thank you for joining us again today for another nerding out with that nerdy Catholic. Um, as I said before, I'm going to link to our uh, Deep in Christ episode. That was another great conversation that we had. Um, and uh, Please go back and watch all the other nerding out episodes. Um, you know, the the goal of this whole series is to look at how we grow, both as Christians but also as as human beings, trying to understand the world, both through our faith but also through science, and to realize that these things are not in conflict with each other, and that we can see how they all fit together. So. I'll see you again next week. God bless. System shut down.